Hey friends, do you ever listen to the radio anymore? If so, first of all, wow, kicking it old school, I see you, congratulations. But if you do listen to the radio, you probably know that silence, even for just a few seconds, is like a death sentence. You have to keep the music playing, you have to keep the DJ talking, cut to an ad if you must, but silence is not an option. And yet, silence in film can be a powerful tool. Used effectively, it can communicate far more than music or even dialogue. It can scare you or it can move you to tears. Silence speaks volumes, depending on how it's used. In our lives, it can communicate indifference or respect or even wisdom. The question is, how do you use it? What if I told you that your life right now is worth noticing? This is the Attention Collection. I'm Anthony Garcia. Have you ever gone floating? I don't mean down the river. I'm talking about float therapy. For the uninitiated, let me explain. Just a brief synopsis. You go to a place, you pay someone money, and then you go into a room and strip completely naked, and you climb into this futuristic Jetsons-looking pod, and you close the door behind you. And inside this pod is a tank of Epsom salt water. And you lie down in this body temperature water, and because of the salt content, you float effortlessly. And so, once you start to acclimate to this weird feeling of weightlessness, just as you're settling in, that's when the lights go out. It's pitch dark. Total darkness. And even more jarring than that is that it's absolutely silent. It's as if you're floating in space. And this, my friends, is meant to be a relaxing experience. And I'll be honest, it actually is. Eventually. But in my experience, the first few moments, the first few minutes, dare I say maybe the first ten, for me, were terrifying. Because I've never experienced sensory deprivation to that level. I've never experienced silence like that. Sounds strange to say, but the silence was very loud. I heard the sounds of panic. Am I going to be okay in this pod? The door closed? Is it locked? Am I going to be able to get out? The sounds of vulnerability. I'm completely exposed here. Absolutely exposed in every way, literally. And then the sounds of my busy mind. Chatter, chatter, chatter. Did I do this? Should I do this? Nonstop. But as I said, eventually I settled into a beautiful experience. It was really relaxing. It was meditation. I highly recommend it. Although given my initial description, I highly doubt they would hire me as their spokesperson. But anyhow, as I reflect on the first few minutes of that experience, 
alone, exposed in that dark and quiet chamber, I think about the silence. And it was absolutely deafening. It was jarring. Honestly, it was painful emotionally on some level for a moment. And thinking back on it, it reminds me of the cultural moment we find ourselves in yet again. The conversation around the movement for black lives, civil rights for the LGBT community, deadly racism, and the government's responsibility in all of this. And while I know there's a lot of noise surrounding this with the media, with the protests, with the arguments, with the conversations, silence plays a very big part in this. Because silence is a very important part of the human experience. In a piece written for the New York Times on the importance of silence in music, Corinna da Fonseca-Waldheim writes, As social beings, we are hardwired to interpret breaks in the flow of human communication. We recognize the pregnant pause, the stunned silence, the expectant hush. A one-beat delay on an answer can reveal hesitation or hurt or play us for laughs. It's so true. And sometimes we pay more attention to the things people don't say than what actually comes from their mouths or their fingertips, as it were. So I want to talk about three kinds of silence that we employ in almost every area of our lives. We can operate from these silences knowingly or unknowingly, but if we pay close attention to how we use them, they'll make all the difference in our relationships and the way we impact the world around us. The first kind of silence I want to address is what I'll call the silence of position. And I'll give you an example of how it functions in real life. It seems for every person proclaiming Black Lives Matter, there's someone else retorting all lives matter. I honestly don't know how this is still a thing, but it truly is. And in my opinion, it's so problematic. But perhaps even more problematic are those who seem to have taken no stance whatsoever. In the midst of all this turmoil, the cries for justice, the laments, the confusion, radio silence. And I know there are several reasons for this, and I know it's complicated. For many people, there is a fear of saying the wrong thing. If I show up and say something in support, if I say the wrong thing, I'm going to be criticized. I'm going to have my head bitten off. They're going to tell me I'm not doing it right and I'm making it worse. And so maybe I should just sit this thing out. It comes from a place of not wanting to offend people, but it also comes from a place of self-protection. And it's human nature and it's understandable. However, our silence on life and death issues doesn't go unnoticed. And it causes a great deal of pain for the people we claim to know and see and love. Because it comes across as complete indifference. Because for those of us involved on any level on social media, it's not that we don't hold any positions. It's not that we don't assert any opinions. So when we back away from this, when we back away from issues that affect 
and destroy people's lives, that silence is devastating. And Dr. King had a great deal to say about silence. He said, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. He also said, history will have to record that the greatest tragedy of this period of social transition was not the strident clamor of bad people, but the appalling silence of the good people. Ouch. And this one probably stings the most. In the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. This kind of silence is deadly. It breaks people's spirits and it fractures relationships. It's uncomfortable. It's hard to stand up and speak out. Because here's the spoiler. You are going to get it wrong. We are all going to fumble through our pursuit of equity for all people. It's just how it goes. We can't please everyone. But that in and of itself should not be a reason for silence. The second silence I want to address is one we find on the other end of the spectrum. It's what I'll call the silence of practice. And it's when we use silence to intentionally withdraw from speaking, but for the purpose of listening. That's an art form. It's an art form in which I am very much a novice. To have something to say, but to put it away in order to make space for other people is one of the greatest gifts. It's the kind of practice that opens both the heart and the mind. But that's how we learn. That's how we grow. It's how we build empathy and compassion because it opens the door for us to enter into the lived experience of other people. It's one of the most powerful forms of respect you can give another person. It dignifies those around us. It takes difficult situations, difficult moments, and it turns them into opportunities for transformation for everyone involved. We can either find common ground or realize that it's time to break new ground. And it also does something important for us. Because in that silence, we might find destructive positions that we've held. Or we might see how we've misjudged other people. That silence is a pathway to internal change. It's healing. But it's healing that doesn't come easily. It's a hard path to walk. And one of the things that will make it a hard path is that some people will mistake it for the same silence of apathy or indifference. But it's for that reason that we have to be very clear with ourselves about our intentions. We have to be willing to get honest and to take whatever hits that are going to come. But when we do finally speak from this silence, chances are our words are going to be charged with love which is probably the most powerful change agent we have available to us. The third silence I want to address is what I'll call the silence of platform. 
There's a movement happening right now on social media called Share the Mic Now. It's where influential white women in every public sphere are sharing their platforms with black women. They're stepping aside, they're passing the mic, and they're introducing these powerful voices to their audiences. To quote author and researcher Brene Brown on the project, she says, The intention of this campaign is to magnify black women and the important work that they're doing in order to catalyze the change that will only come when we truly hear each other's voices. There's a time to use your voice to make a difference. But there's also a time to hand your microphone and your platform over to someone else. Someone whose experience is different from yours. Someone who can add layers to the conversation that you don't have access to. Listen, the world is a noisy place. We are all having a very hard time hearing one another right now. It's evident. But you and I have a choice to make. We can add to the noise with the screeching sounds of our silent indifference, or we can speak truth to power. We can stand in solidarity with those seeking justice and equity and demand the same. We can continuously spray our opinions around like tear gas, or we can practice the sacred art of listening. And we can guard our platforms in order to elevate our own voices, or we can intentionally step aside from time to time and share the mic with someone else. Silence can either be a powerful tool or a deadly weapon. The question is, how will you choose to use it?